0: My name is Bryn Sullivan, and the title of this episode is It's Time for Our Youth. The struggles of the LGBTQ community are not something new. We hear reports about it in the news every day. ...story of a very different variety this morning. As people all over the world are celebrating Pride Month, police in three major cities are investigating possible hate crimes targeting the LGBTQ community and...
1: It- Transgender students to use the bathroom of the sex they identify with. Compassion.
0: CMS Superintendent Ann Clark is enforcing a new rule in the school district's anti-bullying policy. Her executive staff and principals spent hours training Monday on how to better address the needs of transgender students. the spotlight on the LGBTQ plus community and all of these issues, it begs the question, what is our community doing to support this group of people? Then I got to thinking, what is the Charlotte community doing for the LGBTQ plus teens and young people in my age in terms of support, community, and advocacy? That's when I began searching out local LGBT support organizations and I found Time Out Youth and O'Neill Atkinson. O'Neil, thank you so much for meeting with me today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, a pleasure. <sighs> so O'Neill
0: Atkinson is the Director of Programs and Services at Time Out Youth. He oversees a lot of the cool stuff happening at the organization and has a hand in pretty much everything at Time Out Youth. But let's hear it from him. Timeout Youth.
1: All right, so Time Out Youth Center was founded to provide support and advocacy for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, so that LGBTQ acronym, plus all other orientations and identities that fall under that umbrella. We do this um, specifically working with folks between the ages of 11 to 20, and our goal is to provide opportunities for social engagement, leadership development, and generally just support and advocacy so these folks can be their authentic selves.
0: Reach are you guys doing specifically and what kind of services or advocacy does your group specifically provide?
1: Oh my goodness that's such <laughs> a loaded question um so we do a lot a lot I'm super proud to say when I think about the outreach that we do I think specifically because we work with young people I have to talk about our school-based outreach so we work very closely in um so we work very closely in elementary, middle, and high schools in Mecklenburg and the surrounding counties to go in and meet with students in those schools that identify as a part of this community and their allies. We work with gay straight alliance groups or clubs in those schools, making sure they're supported, helping students address bullying and bias that might be happening in their schools. So school outreach is a huge part of what we do. In addition to that, um, I mentioned that we like to work in mecklenburg county but in surrounding counties and folks can't always get to charlotte traffic's a mess and it can be really tough Um, so one of the things that we do every month is we do satellite programs in iredale cabarrus and gaston counties so we do those on tuesday evenings which is like a mini day at time out youth for folks that can't always get all the way um, to our location here in charlotte in addition to the school outreach and to our satellite programs, one of the things that I love that we've started doing over the past year or two is also having more of a digital presence. So one of the things that we help facilitate is this awesome national program that just started this year called Q Chat Space. Um, you can learn more about that at qchatspace.org. And Q Chat Space is actually virtual discussion groups online for individuals that can't get to physical centers like ours, Maybe it's not safe for them to, um, but they can use their smartphone or computer. And there are scheduled ninety-minute chats every day of the week that are facilitated by us or by other LGBTQ youth center staff all across the country. We've actually had people from like Paris and Germany show up in our Q chat spaces. So, um, in terms of outreach, we've actually begun to have a pretty wide-reaching impact by being digital by doing that. And then we also run Out with It, which is our genre fluid podcast that we run for lgbtq young people it's like a panel style discussion so even if you can't get to a physical center and maybe even if you're not comfortable chatting with other folks on q chat you can kind of pop in your earbuds and you can listen to people like are you or like other lgbtq youth talking about issues that are relevant and important to them um, God, we do so much more, but, um, that's a lot of our outreach. And then one of the other things I think is really crucial to how we do outreach is we go and work with other organizations that serve young people, all the systems they navigate. So we talked about education, but there's also primary healthcare, mental healthcare, other youth serving orgs, housing services. And we try to go into those programs and provide education for, the service providers on how they can be more culturally competent in working with people that identify as part of this community. So trying to change some of the systems that these young people have to navigate every day. I came here when like, it was, that was probably the worst point in my life. I was like going through like a really hard time with like my family, with my mom. I was like really, really depressed. Time Out Youth Center is the oldest LGBT center in North and South Carolina. Our center actually saves lives.
0: But we know from research, if we didn't have a place like Time Out Youth, the suicide rates would increase tremendously. That's amazing. And kind of going off of that, how would you personally describe the current climate or attitude towards queer youth in Charlotte?
1: It's a wild ride, I've got to say. I started here with the organization in 2013, but I've been doing kind of queer-centered social work since about 2011. And when I first started, it definitely, the climate was rough. I mean, it did not feel very inclusive and welcoming. Um, And really from like 2011 to 2015 or so, we really started to see a lot of momentum. We started seeing movement towards inclusion. Um, we started seeing organizations reaching out to us proactively as opposed to retroactively, which was really encouraging. We saw marriage equality in 2015, um, you know, we saw, um, our own city council try to pass, um, um, a non-discrimination ordinance that included all people. Um, and that's where we really then actually started to see some backlash, um, you know, the um, non-discrimination ordinance here in Charlotte, um, you know, ultimately led to, um, to um, our state legislature beginning to impact our ability to create inclusive cities Um, and then to be candid following the 2016 election we really have seen this social cultural political kind of backlash towards movements of inclusion and equity Um, and i tell you every day i mean we see it um, our young people see it it's, it's really wild. It felt like we were taking a lot of strides forward in the past few years. It felt like a couple of steps back, if I can be candid. Um, but I still think ultimately we are moving towards a more inclusive and more affirming Charlotte um, and surrounding counties, but there's still a lot of work to be done.
0: And you mentioned those challenges. So what kind of future needs or issues do you foresee the group um, providing advocacy and support for?
1: For me, I think our our next direction over the next three to five years is becoming a more trauma-informed clinical agency. Um, So adding more therapeutic services, we do offer free individuals, families, and couples counseling, but just this year, we've also added closed therapeutic groups and teletherapy. Um, Our housing system is moving from just having a host home program to looking at doing transitional living spaces and scattered site housing. Um, So really starting to ramp up um, our supportive services as it relates to housing, employment equity, um, and mental health care. We know that those are issues that you know disproportionately impact people in this community, particularly when their identities are invalidated or aggressed at you know a social or systemic level. And so, for us to continue to Um, kind of really go towards a more clinical, therapeutic, and trauma-informed space. If you are interested in learning more about Time Out Youth Center, please visit our website at timeoutyouth.org, give us a call, just come by our center. We're always happy to give tours and show people what we're doing. We're proud of what we're doing and we want you to know. Um, and since we're on a podcast, I would be remiss to not mention again that we do also have Out With It, which is our queer youth podcast that comes out about every month. It's a genre fluid model where we pull a panel of three or four amazing LGBTQ young people that we work with, and they go in on some amazing topics. So if you want to learn more, about all these language, um, and labels and different identities, the difference between gender and orientation or why pronouns matter, representation in the media, all kinds of stuff like that. Like that's what they go in on and it's, it's really powerful and it's, it's been a gift to get to help produce and I just want more people to know about it. So check out our podcast.
0: When we think of advocacy, we think of those individuals who are passionate and truly want to see change created. O'Neill and the folks at Timeout Youth truly embody that mentality and serve as an incredible resource to the LGBTQ youth in Charlotte. It's people like this that really serve to make the world a better place and give advocacy the power that it has in our society. Thank you for listening and a special thank you to O'Neill Atkinson and the people at Timeout Youth for being so kind and welcoming to me. And don't forget to tune in to Out With It, Time Out Youth's very own podcast. Catch you later.